I want to welcome you this afternoon to Destiny City Church. Praise the Lord. Um, we are blessed to be in the house of God. Can you say amen? And you turn to your neighbor, say you're in the right place. Amen. Praise God. Father, we just thank you and bless you, Heavenly Father. We continue to bless you in this place. Come on, one more time. Come on, give a shout of Yahweh. Give a shout out to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Welcome today. Uh, just uh, thank God for the, the praise and worship team for leading us. Amen. Into the, into the praise of our God. Hallelujah. Why don't you take your Bibles also this morning as we as is custom, we go straight to the Word of God. Amen. Someone could just get the fan over to the right. And go with me to the, the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 to 28. Acts 17, 22 to 28. Praise the Lord. I believe my mission today is to get something to shift. We just, we just need one little shift to grasp this one thing that is that I believe God wants us to get today. Acts 17 verses 22 to 28. And the word of God reads, it says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives, somebody say gives, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, not any other, but him. Come on, somebody say, we've got to find him. Because there's some people finding other stuff. But anyway, though he is not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Let's pray. Father, in the matchless wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Lord. His sacrifice, the appropriation for our sins, Lord. The means by which the wall of enmity, conflict between God and man has been removed. And we are reconciled to you, Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we're gathered here today, Father God, we ask and thank you for the grace to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Us, your people, we pray. Lord, anoint the very things that are spoken, Lord. We pray for divine inspiration and that your will will be done. May the word, the grace of your word rest and fall upon the good soil of each and every man's, woman and child's heart in this place and may it take root and bear fruit to your honor and to your glory. And everyone said, 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Look, church, your neighbor say, it's time to live the kingdom way. Or just tell them it's kingdom living. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. You go ahead and be, be, be seated. Praise God. Amen. Today's text, um, I find it very um, interesting and, and, it's, it, and intriguing. And interestingly shows us that the Apostle Paul here is addressing a group of, of Greeks. And we see in verse 22 to 31 how, how Paul delivers this, this lengthy address to this assembled group of intellectuals of Areopagus. Uh, these Greek philosophers, they are what you would call um, biblically illiterate, meaning that Paul can't really possibly, uh, he, can't, he can't really say or quote from uh, the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. He can't say, well, in Exodus it says this or in Genesis it's, it says this because for them this has no frame of reference. So here he is, he meets this group of people. So he has to find a way now to align them or connect them with, with, with God. And there's, again, there's no frame of reference, but he manages to find one, amen, because the only uh, commonality that he realizes that is present is that they at least acknowledge, like many do in this world, that there is a higher power. How many people have heard that term before? Yeah, I, I, I believe or I pray to my higher power. Amen. But even their higher power, it's it, uh, yet with regards to their higher power, there's still a degree of ignorance about their higher power, as their idol or their altar is scribed or written on it. Is is it says the words to a unknown god. Amen. They just know there's something greater than them, but they are ignorant of their higher power. Amen. But and you and today we would ask. Today we would ask. Why would uh, as we look back? Why would these Athenians, these Greeks, build an altar and write on it to a unknown God? And why would Paul come and say and almost say that almost he's almost indicating like they've actually had a transaction of an experience with God Himself, but He is unknown. They are ignorant of Him. How many of you know that could happen to us today too? Amen. We could. Uh, we, we could. Know God to a degree, but be ignorant of him to a large degree. Well, what historians say transpired that many, many years before Paul came to this, to the, to this city, there was a great plague which was killing people. And these people, these, these Greeks had many, many gods. They believed in, in, many, in many, many gods. And they would pray to these gods and they would make sacrifices to these gods. And none, nothing what they'd done was... Uh, was uh, appropriated or, or, or was accepted as far as they were concerned, um, um, the, the plague kept coming. In other words, their gods couldn't save them from this great plague, this great dire and di distressing time which was taking place in their lives. And like many people do today, they reached a, a, a place of desperation where the gods, the false gods that they had erected and that they had modeled and crafted from their own hand and from their own heart, couldn't answer or meet the need, the dire need that was in their life. And, and historians tell us that somehow, someway, they just, they, how many people know, they demoted their God and they began to cry out, oh God. How many people have been there? You cried out to God, an unknown God. You just got yourself in a real tough and hard time and, and, and before you, you was mucking back with your other gods, that man God, that woman God. You know, you, I don't know what, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm talking about. But there comes a time, some, some time in our lives when something dies and something, something uh, um, serious takes place in our lives and we cry out to God and it so happens 
That at that moment when that city, when they demoted all of their demigods, their false gods, that the plague was stopped instantly. Hence, they went about and they built this altar to a unknown God. They built this idol to a unknown God. So here, here was Paul now. He's finding some common ground and he wants to connect. He wants to connect them. And even today, we, we have these experiences. People have these experiences. People say, that was God. And then they go about their life. Uh, but this is an unknown God. or That was God. Or there but for the grace of God, they say, go I. So today, even our generation ascribe certain moments of fortune and goodwill and, 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 and being delivered or saved from certain consequences to God. But like these Athenians, he is an unknown God. And that's how many of our generation live today. We, that we, we can acknowledge a, a higher power, an unknown impersonal force or divine presence. And that sometimes in times of need, we cry out to. All of a sudden, we find our needs. All of a sudden, we begin to pray. Are you hearing me? So from this commonality of in, in, uh, innate intuitiveness, Paul begins to speak to them. Yes, he ascends uh, 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 that there is something greater. And he jumps in and he says, I'm going to use this opportunity now to introduce to them the unknown quantity of God to them. Praise the Lord. He says, this God that you've written down and described as an unknown God, he's not a God that you serve with hands. He's not a God that is, that is in need. He's not a God that dwells in temples. He's not a God that you can just congregate and say, he is God. He's not a building. He is a God that has no need, but he is a God that he, who gives life, he said. How do we know God is a giver? He basically is telling me, listen, this God is not a God that is here to take. This God is a God who's here to give. This God, listen, he says, listen, in him we live, we move, and we breathe, and we have our being. Listen, he started this whole world from one man. He's, and he begins to introduce him to this God. He starts, basically, he's trying to tell him, listen, this God is a personal, intimate God. This is a God that is looking for a relationship, amen, in and through the lives of his people. This God is a father. He's not like these other gods that are made out of wood, metal, or, or flowers, or, or feelings, and all that kind of stuff. He is a living God. He birthed you and I. In him, we live we are animated, we're alive, we sense, we feel, we love. Come on, somebody. We have passion, we have feelings, we have emotions. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. It is who we are. We were made in his image. It came from him. So he's introducing these Greeks to this God. Come on, somebody. Say amen. He is a God who wants to be found also. He said, listen, this God, he, he, he has prescribed your boundary, your domain. Some, some You might not have been, been like being born white or black, but guess what? That was your boundary. Amen. That's how God, black or white or whatever or what country. You might not like being born in this country or that country. You might even like the shape of your body. That was your domain. That is, that is what he marked out for you. You might not like being born to this family or that type of family, but guess what? God wanted you here. So what? However, which way he wanted to get you here, he found a way to get you here. Come on, give thanks that you're here. You're not an accident. Amen. Come on, somebody. On purpose. On purpose. It was an intentional act that you are here today. The Bible says that he knew you before you were formed. 
in your mother's womb. In other words, he, 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 he saw, he predestined, he predestined who you would be, where you would be, your, what you would arrive, what he has called you to do and be. Can you say amen? Come on, say amen when you hear the truth. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he's a God who wants to be found and, 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 and engaged. He, God has a hope, the Bible tells us, that we will look for him, search for him, and find him. How many know it's natural that, that, that we look? It's natural for humanity to, 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 to grope around in the, in the darkness of existence, looking for that, 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 that light, that light switch. It's, it's, nat it's natural that people seem to gravitate and find things and, and find people to worship and exalt and give themselves to. Somebody says it's natural. Ask me why. I'm glad you asked. We were built and constructed that way. We were built to worship. Oh, praise the Lord. To, to be a worshiper is the core of who, of who you are. Oh, praise the Lord. You, it, it, is, it, is, it is who you and I are. And God, God understood and foresaw the struggle that you and I have, would have, amen, when it comes to worshiping him. God understands how we were made and how, because he made us and how he created us. And that we, you and I are predisposed to worshiping something. To putting something first and exalting something. Are you hearing me? Exodus chapter 20 verses 2 and 3. God, God says, I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of Egypt, who saved you out of something. Have no other gods before me. So straight away that he knows that there's gonna be a, a, a competition railing in our hearts. So he, he says, Have no gods before me. Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. The Bible tells us how what can be known of God has been manifest. He's revealed everything about um, him to us. But how we as humanity can exchange the glory of God, the, incor the incorruptible uh, uh, knowledge and, 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 and of God, knowing of God, for something that is corruptible. We, we exchange. We exchange recognizing, worshiping, putting him first to, wor to worship and exalt something else. Something that is corruptible and made and man-made. That's in Romans 1, verses 21 to, to, to 23. From the very beginning, the book of, of, of Genesis, prior to the fall of mankind, Adam and Eve walked with God. There was no struggle to know God, to recognize God. There was transparency. There was clarity. Man saw God, heard God, walked with God. There was nothing to fight through, nothing to battle through. How many know you didn't even need to pray, fast, meditate? Or any of those spiritual disciplines that you might not do today? Uh -huh, I said it. <laughs> but after the fall, death came in, separation came in, distance came in, ambiguity came in, confusion. And as time went by, humanity got further away from God. Enmity set in. Difficulties of relationship, incompatibility, not just with each other, but with God. Faults and failings, because with us being humanity, of course, not with God. Distance increased between man and God, between creation and God. I hope you know the further away you get from God, the further away when you begin to lose sight of something, 
Amen. That should be held there. How many people know you, be, you begin to allow your heart to stray? Your actions and your conduct begin to be diverted and given over to another God. Don't say amen. You don't have to say amen. I'll, I'll say amen. Amen. I thought I'd bring a couple of amens in here today. Have you noticed that the further away you, you are from someone, the less you see them, the more your eyes and your heart wanders? Mm-hmm. And if, you're, and, and if you're already predisposed to a particular type of conduct or worship, you'll find something else to worship. Amen. Because who and what you and I are is we are. I said already that at the core of us, the Bible tells us this, that at the core of us, we are worshipers. You can take, they say you can take the, uh, um, you can take the, 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 the man out of the hood, but you still got to take the, the, the hood out of the man. And that's possible. You can take somebody out of their environment, out of a certain context, and put them in a different context, a different environment, and then begin to change to a degree their conduct and their behavior and such. Are you hearing me? But there are certain qualities and conducts that, 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 that cannot be changed by, re, by removing the person from their typical environment. One, because there are certain things that are core to the makeup of an individual. And what is core to you and I is that we are worshippers. We will look for a God. We will find a God, if not the God. And we will worship a God, if not the God. You'll always be a worshiper. You and I will always seek to erect an idol, build an altar, worship a God. No matter who you are, where you are, what you know, or who you don't know. You're a God seeker. I said you're a God seeker. And, 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 and you're quite creative too because I mean, no, we are known for creating our own gods. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. You just need to know the true God. You know, you know, and, and, and so God is well aware of this. I don't even know God's into humiliating gods. Oh, praise the Lord. God knows how to humiliate a God, you know, false God. Amen. There's one story in, in, in the Bible where the presence of God, uh, where the Philistines, they, they went and stole the, the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, and they brought, brought it into their temple and put it in front of their God, Dagon. And when they woke up in the, in the morning, Dagon was flat on the floor. Their, their big God was flat on the floor, head chopped off. How many know God knows how to humiliate a God? Amen. When we hear about the plagues, when, when God sent Moses to bring the, the, the Hebrews out of Egypt, amen, and the, and, the, and, the, and the Egyptians were known to have over 40 main gods. And the Bible says that God sent 10 plagues. Each of those plagues represented a direct attack from God, amen, against their 10 top gods. Come on, somebody. Each of those plays directly, each of those plays directly correlated to a God that Egypt served. Amen. And each and each and every time those they couldn't even pray to the God that they, they served. The Egyptians couldn't pray to the God that served to deliver them. Their gods fails them. And it got to the point where even the Egyptians realized, hey, God has humiliated the things that we worship in our life. And it got to the point where even they all said, amen, they're sorcerers and their and priests began, listen, this power, this thing that's at work among us is none other than the finger of God, the hand of God at works among us. We live in a generation where we have our own gods and they get humiliated. We trust in money, but sooner or later, how many people know? Come on, somebody. 
Some people trust in their bodies and it's, and it's their God. They sell themselves and you even know that that's their God because they start getting this kind of surgery and, and slapping that and then lift this and lift that and lift that. But sooner or later it starts to drop off. It's a God. Come on, somebody. Some people, some people, your God is some, their, their God is their family. Everything is their family. Every, come on, somebody. And then when family grown, anyway. <laughs> Let me not get distracted, but you know what I'm talking about, amen? God knows how to humiliate a God. These things that we put before him, because the Bible says he is a jealous God. Not jealous in the sense that how you and me would, would, would get jealous and say, you're not having nobody but, but me. No, he's a jealous God. Jealous for you. Because false gods, come on somebody, bring darkness. False gods lead us into a system, amen, whereby Satan and the kingdom of darkness begins to have sway in our lives. Are you hearing me? Look what happened at, at the fall when, 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 when mankind refused, rejected, and defied the one rule that God said, you can do whatever you want. Just do not eat of this tree, the fruit of this tree. And now look what we got. You can't even pick a bunch of roses without getting thorns in you. Oh, praise the Lord. And we're not going to go there. That's a whole never message anyway. Amen? But we see the results of the fall throughout the earth. People, some people go as far as to say there's no God. This is, this is how far. There's a, you know, oh, Lord have mercy. People go as far as to say there is no God. And they call themselves atheists. And, they, and, and, and I get people not, you know, saying, okay, uh, well, I'm, I'm not doing this, not doing that. But people go as far as to say there's no God. And then all of a sudden, now they want to start a movement. Did you know that there's an atheist church here in London? One of the first in the world. It's been going for, for many, many, many years. And I was doing some, 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 some re research. These people, they got together and they were against religion. They were, they were against uh, Christianity and such. But yet, if you go online, they have an atheist church. Uh, and the leader says, we, we are not a, a, uh, a group of, we're not a, a religious congregation here. All right, he says, he says we're, we're not a church. We are, we are a congregation of religious people. He says, we don't have priests here. We have secular therapists. So I checked out, what do they do? I want to know what they do, what these people do. And they extol virtues like humor and happiness. And you know, they even have music playing. Uh, yeah? They even have... Music playing the other day. At that, I was reading, oh, I wonder what kind of music they do. They do Stevie Wonder and all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it gets to the point now that the people now who joined this atheist, they're 300 strong. Or weak. <laughs> Depending on which way you want, you, want, you want to look at it. So anyway, I, I still, I, I'm sidetracking a bit. I, so I started to recall because it's really intriguing. This is wow. Amen, yeah. So, they're, so they're, they're, they're in there now and they're, they're having this service now. People in their church, I mean in their atheist congregational meeting, people are piping up and saying, you're making this all religious now. <laughs> By the way, they meet on Sundays. Because now the leader of it is saying, it's, I don't want it to be about me, I want it to be about humanism. But, but, but the more they keep going, the more they, they, they keep, their, their focus is becoming more religious for them. Now, now the next thing they're saying is, we want to we wanna launch this into other cities. Amen? Anyway, 
I'll leave it at that. What I'm, what I'm trying to point out is that at the core, everyone's a worshiper. And if you swap one for the next, you're going to pick up something else. Jesus said, know the truth. Get to know the real God. Amen. Know the truth and the truth will li liberate you. Whenever you, people think that they can reject truth and escape error. It, it doesn't happen. Anytime you reject truth, you cannot escape error. You're going to go wrong. Praise the Lord. That's a good place to say amen. So even from, from, the, from biblical times, we, 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 we see this, this, this drifting, this drifting away from the one true God. And we see the effects of it even up to today in our society, how, how humanity, humanity has drifted away from God. And then there's all this darkness, all these bad things happening amongst some good things. And like how we read in, the, in, the, in that scripture, we see that something good happened to, the, to these people, and that, but they didn't know who it was, how it happened. So they scribed it. They scribed it, made this altar. And, and we do have these altars. We have these memorials. We have these memories. People can have memories. You know people that say, I know there's a God. because you know, I've taught some people because one day this happened and they say this, and, but it must have been God. So they make this memorial and they, and, they, and, they, and they write it in their minds to an unknown God. Amen. So when Paul sees that, he jumps in there and starts to introduce who this God is. Genesis chapter 4, 26, just to, uh, you, you, you know, uh, it says here, To Seth also a son was born and he called his name Enosh. And at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. How many know you and I had a that time? We had a defining moment, a point in our lives where, where, where in the midst of all of these gods, we recognize God. Something shifted us. Amen. We had that initial shift, that initial push, that initial recognition from our hearts, that acknowledgement. The Bible says that at this time, as, as time went on, as Distance was created with, with, with the offspring of humanity and God, their creator. At some time, some men began. They had a start. They had a, a watershed moment where they began to call upon the name of the Lord. Something transpired. Something happened in their life. Just like it happened with these Greeks. Something happened that they recognized as divine. And the Bible tells us at this time that many of them, some of them began to call. They began to differentiate. They learned to differentiate. They learned to sense this is God. This isn't God. They learned to be able to tell the difference. Are you hearing me? They, they began to be able to recognize and distinguish God from false gods. Every believer today, amen, has had this experience, this watershed moment where they began to call upon God. That's a good place to say amen if you're a believer in this place. Now, I know that we're in this series about, about the, 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 the kingdom and kingdom living. And the reason why I, I, I felt led to lay that out there, because now we've reached the point of this watershed moment where we come, we come to God. We recognize that there is a God and we, we have began something. We began, um, and there's talk out there in the world about a gospel of salvation and the, the gospel of the, the, the kingdom and you. And there's theologians and 
biblical scholars and there's all this rhetoric and narrative out there. This is this and this is that. And, 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 I'm, and at the end of the day, we, you know, it could become very confusing. But one thing we do know is that God is a living God. I said one thing we do know, God's a living God. Amen. God is a giver. He's not a taker. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. And he's a God that wants to bless his people. Now, John the Baptist and Jesus came preaching. Matthew 3 and Matthew 4, the Bible tells us that they came preaching. And one thing they preached, they said, repent, a mind, repent, have a change of mind. Some, you know, and what happens a lot is a lot of believers uh, and a lot of people could have a, a change of mind. They have a 360 degree change. Some boys say 360. The problem with doing a 360 degree change of mind is that you end up back the same place. Are you hearing me? Repent means to have a 180 at least. A 180 degree change of mind. You were thinking this way. Processing things this, this way. But then God comes along and says, repent. Repent. The king, repent. Have a change of mind because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's ready to move in your life. Amen. A move of God is ready to make you into a move of God. Is this microphone working? I said, a move of God is ready to make you and I into a move of God. Praise the Lord. You see, what you've got to realize is, 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 is that the church, you and I are not here, amen, uh, uh, for heaven. We are here on behalf of the earth. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't hear that, did you? Amen. Thank you very much. You, I said, we are not here for heaven. Salvation is not our ticket to heaven. Amen. God has got us here on behalf of the earth. So he has said, repent, have a change of mind. And what, 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 what has happened somewhere uh, uh, throughout the ages, the, 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 the scholars, the biblical scholars, I believe, have become distanced from God and knowing the one and only true God. And, and as much as I hate to say this, in, in many churches, we're turning up and we're praising and we're worshiping a God and we put Jesus up there, but we might as well write to an unknown God because a lot of what he's saying ain't really translating and coming down to our lives and through our lives because the last time I checked, God is a giver and he is outpouring a blessing to the lives of his people, but there's not much blessing that is pouring through the lives of his people. When a nation, when a city, when a people are blessed, let me tell you something. You're supposed to be a blessing. The nation should be blessed. Your workplace should be blessed. Your place of education should be blessed. The whole city should be blessed. So I'm wondering, is there a miscommunication? Is there a breakdown somewhere with the church? Are you hearing me? Jesus came and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And uh, what I realize and what I believe is happening is that many, many, many scholars and, and we have been taught, I wonder who's been teaching the church sometimes, whether it is Satan that has indoctrinated the church to a degree and put a stop and put the blockers on, and it's frustrating what God wants to do in our lives. Did, like he said to, to Eve, did God truly say? Did God truly say? And it begins to take the word of God and begins to make it something that it isn't. God says, listen, listen, that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have 
eternal life. Now Satan comes in and tells the church, this is what this means in the kingdom. Eternal life is something that you're going to get when you die. It's something that's going to happen for you after life. That is not what eternal life means. Eternal life is, is directly, come on somebody, is that explained in John 17 verse 3 where Jesus says, this is eternal life to know the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. It's the eternal life is a ready, perpetual commodity. It's a grace of God upon your life and my life where we are begin to live a quality of life. Eternal life is not what the devil tells you that it's about quantity. You live forever. It's for when you die. Let me tell you something. If you look through, if you look at the scriptures through the wrong mindset, if your mind is not ready, as you're not put on the right lenses, if you're not looking through the, the right scope, if you start off wrong, everything you read in this Bible will be twisted according to exactly how the devil wants you to read the Bible and understand it. Understand it. It will be exactly how he wants you to read it, wants you and I to read it and understand it. And God so loved the world that he gave his son that you will have eternal life. That's right, Pastor. I want you to read it that way and think about God doing something when you die. How many people know God is not a God that is, that is saying, I'm waiting for you over here. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to die to know you. It's too late to die and say that you're going to know God. God wants to know you and I now. God wants to do something in our generation, in our life, through your life now. Now. The Bible says today, now, today is the day of salvation, of change and breakthrough. And that has to be a shift. There has to be a shift. But it's hard to shift. Mm. You see, we do good at getting saved. Imagine, we do good at getting saved. The thing is that most of the church, most of the church are still in the wilderness. We've got, we're saved. Blood wash, water baptized, Jesus on my mind. But stuck in the wilderness. Stuck in the wilderness. Going around and, and going around and going around. Waiting on the move of God. Not realizing that you and I are the move of God. That God is actually waiting on us. I, I, I love the book of Numbers. Ask me why. You know what? It's quite simple. I just love the name of that book. Because to me, that book tells me that God's looking on some people that he can count on. That's why he calls it numbers. <laughs> I said, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking to count. Look, who can I count on to rise up? He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So don't wonder why there's so much infiltration of, of demonic doctrine in the church. We suffer violence. Well, this is not happening. We suffer violence. Well, this person hurt. We suffer violence. This is not a day I cannot. We suffer violence. But God has put a blessing in your, in your heart, a blessing in your soul, and a spirit inside you that says, that says he has not given you a spirit of timidity or fear. One would you go off and cower and say, that devil took my toys. He won't play with me. He won't let me get blessed. No, we take it by force, the Bible says. Something needs to rise up in the church today. Where we take it by force. My family ain't saved. Take it by force. This is happening in my community. Take it by force. My health, my wealth, everything is all. Take it by force. But, 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 but how? Kingdom living. God says I'm doing something new. Key. But do you not perceive it? Perception. 
perception. Can you see? Somebody say mindset. And therein lies the problem. Our mindset needs to be onset and then reset. Oh, you didn't hear me. You know, you know, if, if, how can I use, without getting myself in too much trouble? Let me see. Yeah, I'll use relationships. Got a husband, got a wife, got a new husband, new wife. You're coming from one level of living. And you're single-minded. This is how you've always lived. This is how you've always fought. This is how you've always processed things. But now there's two of you. Are you, are you hearing me? She's got her mindset. He's got his mindset. And unless the two of them onset their mindset and reset... Is that going to set off something? <laughs> Something's going to set off. <laughs> Something will set off in that place. <laughs> Ain't that right? A mind. Uh, let me um, praise the Lord. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 39. The Bible says, then he spoke a parable to them. He says, no one puts... A new garment on the old one, otherwise the new, the, otherwise the new makes a tear. And also the pieces that was taken out of the new does not match the old. It's incongruent. It can't happen. It can't work. It ain't going to work together because there's no congruence. Now you hear me. Verse 37, he says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. He's talking about a, the new wine. Somebody said new wine. Hallelujah. New, new wine represents the newness that God is bringing, has bought, should I say. New wine represents the newness that God has already bought to your life, to your existence and mine. It ain't something that we're waiting to happen. It's here when? Can you turn up my mic because this lot that can't hear me? It's here when? That's right, it's here now. God's newness is here now. It's happened. It's taking place. When Jesus hung on that cross and said, it is what? Finish. It done. Amen? Bible says that he led captivity captive and gave gifts to human, gave gifts to mankind. Gave them opportunity. Gave them power. Are you hearing me? And he gave it when? Now. It's yours now. It's yours and mine now. It says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. Now, we've heard that many times and very, very, very quickly. It's talking about if you pour new wine that hasn't really yet fermented yet into an old wineskin that's already been stretched, used. <clears throat> yeah? If you pour like a new mentality into a, 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 if you pour a new mentality into an old mindset, that new mentality is going to start to stretch and challenge the old. And the old will not be able to, to facilitate it. It's going to crack and break. And the new wine will then spill. And not only that now, you've lost an old wineskin. It could have been used for something else. Come on, somebody. It could have been used for something that is not going to stretch it. And also now you've also lost the new wine. None of them are maintained. Loss. Are you hearing me? 
So when God is going to do something new, pour something new, speak something new, release something new, there has to be an unsetting and a resetting. Are you, 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 what can I put that, 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 that picture? You know, have you, you ever looked at clouds before? And you look at a cloud and you see a face in the cloud. And you say to somebody else, you see that face? And, that, and, that, and they can't see the face. Because your mind's set that way. And, and then, but they say to you, I can see something else. Can you see, can you see that, that guy holding the fork? And you can't see it because their mindset is seeing that. And for them to see what you see, they've got to unset, reset, and come fresh. Amen. Look at this. Look at this. What do you see? How many people see a rabbit? Put your hands up. How many people see a duck? How many people see both? How many people saw both the first time? Okay, hard. That's because you've seen it before. I showed you many years ago. Praise the Lord. But guess what? If it wasn't pointed out, every time you look at that, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see the same thing. You're going to see the same thing. You look away, you look back, you're going to see the same thing. Until you are able to unset and reset and expect to see something new. Understand something new. How many people know, every time you look at that, you're going to process what you see the same way. It's going to mean the same thing. Does that make sense to you? Amen. And the only time it gets different is, this, is, this, is if you unset and reset. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. They call it paradigm shift. How you process, how you understand, how you comprehend. And, and, and how many know you, we, we, we can be uh, uh, predisposed to having a certain level or degree of understanding, comprehension, and processing. So no matter how good something, someone brings something to you and says something to you, because there's a level of being stuck. Are you, are you hearing me? Because you're stuck at seeing the same, the same animal, the same critter, and processing it the same way. No matter what newness comes into your life, because, you have, because we have failed to get the 180 paradigm shift, when you don't get the 180, guess what happens? You do the 360. You're the same place. Same place. It's going real quiet here now. If I was blind, I would think that you're left. <laughs> Amen? But when, when Christianity, when the faith is preached as just salvation, you get saved and just wait on God. <laughs> that's, that's being stuck. And, and, and to tell the truth, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but uh, 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 let me use God. I feel that the Lord's told me that his church is stuck. That we've been stuck on salvation. Amen. And, and, and thinking that salvation is about eternity when we die. And, and, so much, and he says we've been so stuck in it that, that even when preachers preach, they preach it to when even preachers start thinking about, uh, talking about and store up your treasure in heaven. Who wants to store treasure in heaven? 
Why in the world am I doing putting treasure in heaven? Yeah, I said it on camera. What in the I, I don't want... Because if you just read it like God's going to do something when you die and give you something when you die, that ain't no good to me. Yeah? But if you read it through the right paradigm, the correct paradigm, oh, you didn't hear me. If you if you if you got the right set of lenses and, and glasses on, you take off them bifocals that the devil gave you, amen, and, and get some Holy Ghost contacts. Come on, somebody. Amen. And get a new prescription from the Holy Ghost. You pray for a fresh paradigm. Say, God, give me a give, give me a flexible mind and a flexible heart here to listen and to, to comprehend and to see things how I ought to see them. The, the, man, the man said he said, he said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm at a place inside of you, but I'm stuck here. But I need to go to a next place. Help this area of my life where I'm not comprehending or understanding or believing you the way I'm supposed to believe you. And when you start believing that, hey, like it says in Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, that Jesus Christ was sent of God to deliver us from the, from the, from the evil of this prison age. In other words, God ain't saying, listen, I'm not here to move in your life to deliver you from, the, from hell. In the future, I'm here to, to deliver you right now so that you can make a difference here in your life as you live. I'm here to introduce you to the way of the kingdom. The preach, Jesus preached and mentioned and taught on living in the kingdom over 70 times in the Bible. Way more times than even mentioned getting saved. Eternity, yeah, 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 living for after, life after death is part of salvation. Let me help you. Imagine, imagine God said to, imagine when Moses died, God said to, to Joshua, hey Joshua, come here son. Hmm. I want you to cross this Jordan with these people because Moses is, is gone now. And when you cross this Jordan, that's it, just park up. Park up in the promised land. Just sit down, you don't have to do nothing. It's ridiculous, isn't it? You're saved now. You've passed through the waters. You're saved. Just sit down now. Just chill. Leave the... Yeah. God called Moses not to build a religion, but to separate for him a people where he could institute his laws, his grace, his love, a people that would come to know him and that that people would then express heaven. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, when he was discipling them, he said, listen, pray like this. Matthew 6, he says, thy kingdom come. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. The church, we are called to be an expression of the kingdom. I'm going to wrap it up now because we'll go into this next week. We're called to be an expression of the kingdom. What is a kingdom? It is a place, it's a rule, it's a place of territory that has a king. And too long in our city, in our lives, and in our homes, some little G called Satan, some little king has been running things. Are you, are you hearing me? While the saved church is waiting on God, waiting on the move of God. While the saved church doesn't realize that they are the move of God. Are you hearing me? Eternity is... A quality of living, a quality of life. 
that 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 heaven that that heaven I, I spoke about and I, I, I mentioned before. How many of you know you can store your treasures in heaven? But I'm not talking. But I don't. When you read through the right lens, that God is a God that wants you not to have a relationship now. That eternity starts the day you got saved. That you're not a lot, you're not about that life anymore. You're about this life, this kingdom living. When you begin to see, okay, that means I, I have treasures in heaven. If you've got treasures, if heaven is your bank, that means that as you live this kingdom living life, you and I are able to draw on the resources of our bank. Are, are you hearing me? When you need strength, because you've got treasures in heaven, you, you, you just put in your, 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 your debit card, amen. You, you know the pin, Jesus. Amen. You know, the, you know the pin, the pin is Jesus. And you say, I want to withdraw some strength. I want to withdraw a breakthrough. I want to withdraw some wisdom. I want to withdraw some insight. I want to, I, I, I need to withdraw a, a breakthrough in this area. I would need to withdraw vision. I've got to withdraw something. Salvation, I need to withdraw. Understanding of your word. You've got to work the system, the kingdom system. There's a way to live. But first and foremost, before we get into all of that, there has to be a shift. I feel like that guy, was it in, in Matrix? Not Neo, the other one. What's it called? Neo. Who? No, not Neo, the other one. Black fella. Morpheus. What if I told you? What if I told you that the reason why we're in the place we're at because we're stuck on salvation. What if I told you that you are the move of God? What if I told you that waiting on the move of God is, is a waste of your time? He says, what you going to take? <laughs> you, could, you could continue as you are. You could keep doing your little 360 and go round and round and round. Or you could pray to God for this, this shift to somehow, even if you, listen, the, tough, the toughest, Luke chapter 18, verse 8, you know, the, the toughest, the longest battle you will ever fight. Luke 18, 8. Luke 18, 8 says that God will avenge his saints quickly. Somebody say quickly. You know, when God says quick, he means quick, right? Listen, when, when Satan fell out of heaven, he fell, the Bible says he fell like what? Lightning. Now double that. <laughs> that's how God, that's how quick God will move on your, on your behalf, in your life. Somebody say quickly. Well, I've been waiting for how many? No, 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 no. God will move quickly. Straight away, instantaneously. Well, why don't he? I'm still waiting. The biggest, the hardest battle you and I will fight is the battle to understand and comprehend. Because as soon as we get it, as soon as that shift happens, and we believe, bam, straight away, that's it, it happens. Quickly. Yeah, the battle is over. As soon as, soon as that's the, the is to, to get it. It's to get it. That's, that's all it takes. Somebody say faith. Bible says in Hebrews 11, 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God and the things that we see was, were not made by the things which are seen but by the unseen. 
by faith. Somebody say faith. Faith is that intrinsic capacity that permits and allows us to understand, to get it. Let me tell you something. Once you get it, once you get wherever God's strength, once you get it in your heart, see, a lot of people try to, to get it outside of them. How many believers have you, how many of us have been, if you decree it, if you decree something and say something, it shall be established. And we speak over this and we speak over that. Nothing will be established unless it's established in us first. Because that's where the kingdom of God starts. That's where the breakthrough needs to happen. We need to have it first. And as soon as you get it, oh my gosh, instantaneously, the miracle happens. Oh, jeez. That's a, on, on, as soon as you get it. And how do you get it? By faith. How are you going to get healed? By faith. How are you going to see salvation take place? By faith. Come on, son. By faith. How are we going to grow and mature? By faith. How are we going to preach this gospel and change our city and change the lives of our, our young and old people? By what? By faith. It's got to happen inside. We've got to, it's got to happen in us first. We've got to see. Once you get it, that's it. Instantaneously. Luke 18, 8. It Praise the Lord. Go ahead and stand with me today. The biggest struggle is the, is the struggle to get that paradigm shift. To get it. To have that renewing of the mind. The Bible says, be ye transformed by what? The renewing of the mind that we may be able to prove the good, the pleasing, the acceptable will of the Lord. I, I like that. It means that it's not talking about uh, when your mind's renewed, you, you can say this. No, when your mind, mind is renewed, we will manifest God's will through our life. You will see God's will. The good, the pleasing, and acceptable will, will of God. It, hallelujah. Mind, mindsets need to be onset and reset. I want to say this. Uh, repentance is a perpetual, I believe it's, it's, a, it's, it's a perpetual dynamic that we need to keep in our lives every day throughout the day because the devil will always be trying to onset and take us back to default how, it, you, how you used to think, how you used to behave how you used to respond, how you used to process things, just lift your hands in this place we're going to pray, Father In the name of Jesus, Lord, you spoke to our lives and you spoke to our hearts. I want to encourage you, saints in here today, that you begin to right now, as with your hands raised and your voice lifted, begin to pray to God. Just pray for that shift, that, that mentality shift. Pray that, you be, that, that when, you, when someone speaks something or, and God speaks something to your life and you don't understand, that, 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 that you won't quit, that you, you, that you will keep getting until you get understanding. The Bible says in all you're getting, get understanding. It means that it's something you've got to fight for. So pray, pray into that. Pray into that. And start saying, and start, and start, you know, tell God, I believe that I'm blessed. But Lord, help me to find a way to process, to understand and to comprehend and to, and to facilitate the newness that you're speaking to my life, oh God. Help me, Lord, my God, to break down the strongholds of my mindsets, Father God, and come to you with a, a new wineskin, Father God, a new thought process, something that can hold and facilitate, Father God, 
and, and, and synergize and be congruent with the will of God for my life, I pray. Lord, we want to flow with what you're flowing with. We want to, my, my God, we want to see performed in our lives, through our lives, through your church, into this world. My God, your will, your will performed, your will designated, Father God, your will manifested, Father God. Above all else, we pray. But Lord, it, Lord, it starts with our mind. It starts with our concept. It starts with our paradigm. We pray for that Holy Ghost shift, that shift, that shift, that shift, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm getting my shift on today. We're doing no more half shift. We're doing the full shift, the full change, the full turnaround of our mind. Oh God, that when you speak to our lives, oh my God, we will, we will speak it and decree it, not outside of us, but inside of us, oh God. But that's where the belief needs to take place. That's where the faith needs to happen, oh God. Because without that faith, oh God, my God, we are rejecting you. Yes, Lord. Come on, get unstuck in this place today. Get unstuck. Let a new faith arise in you. Let a new faith. Come on, say, God, I'm letting go of my old thinking, my old ways, my old perceptions, oh God. Come on, let go of the old. Throw away the old. Different. Watch it, watch it, watch it. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say different. 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 And I, and I see God taking his church, taking his people in, in, into a new place, into new di directions. And his, I see his people walking right now. I see them walking, I, I see them walking forward. I see them walking forward, but up, 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 up here, I see, I see God, I see God showing them new things and and, this, and showing them valleys and showing them deserts. But as they walk through this valley and this desert of life, and something happens, they they default to wanting to deal with it with an old mindset. But I hear God say, "Hey, no, I want to work different. You can't act the same way. You can't behave the same way. You got to come different. And there's a new way I want to move in your life. Do not do not default to the old ways." Because you'll lose, says the Lord. You'll lose. I do a new thing. I'll make a way in the desert. I create streams in this desert. I'll do a new thing. I'll move among you like how I've never moved before. Do you not perceive it? To perceive something is to then to be able to agree with it. Yes, Lord. There's new relationships, there's new destinies. There's careers in here. There's ministries. There, 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 there's a move of God that, that, that wants to happen, that needs to happen through our lives. But it's, that, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the mindset that needs to be onset and then reset, says the Lord. I hear the Lord saying that, that before you leave here today, that you need to take all... The junk, all the failures, all the disappointments that we have gathered up and throw them at this altar before you leave here today. Throw them at this altar right where you're at. Almost, you know what, just before you come, think about everything that, that hasn't worked and, you, and you've been stuck and you've been hanging around waiting for something. That, that's a disappointment. 
Bring all that garbage. Bring, bring, all, bring, all, that, oh, bring all that junk. Because that's what the devil's been laying up to burden you and to hold you down. And don't worry about someone saying too much time has passed. Listen, God don't work in time. God can work outside of time. He says, listen, I can restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. That means, listen, it may have took somebody 10, 20 years to get to one place. But with God, it can only take you a day. Because he will avenge you quickly. God won't play when it comes to you. Because time is a false God in this world. Oh, let me tell you that now. It's a God. People, people worship time. And they operate by time. But our God is in eternity and you are an eternal being. You don't have to wait for something. It happens straight away. Oh, you didn't hear me. Praise the Lord. If you feel like that's you and, and there's a new season that you're going into. And even if you're not going into a new season, but you know what? Because sometimes you don't have to wait for somebody to say you're going into a new season. You just need to decide, you know what? <laughs> Things are going to change today with me. Amen. You take it by force. Always waiting for somebody to invite you in to, into the kingdom. Invite you into your destiny. Invite you into the future. The Bible says just take it by force and begin to march into it. And take what's yours. Come on somebody. And just lay down. Lay, come on release. Release pain. Release hurt. Release disappointment. Those things will burn you. The Bible says lay aside weight and sin. Come on, get rid of some sin and get rid of some of the weight you've been carrying. Some of the burdens you've been carrying. Some of the disappointments you've been carrying. Because God is doing a new thing in your life today. And he's doing it now. Now. The quality of your life is going to go to the next level. As we begin to, to, to preach these, these dynamics and these, and these values and these kingdom principles. Watch and see how your life changes. Watch and see how your relationship changes. Watch and see how there's going to be a, a divine flow into your life. Watch and see how God begins to raise you up from among your brethren. Right there in your house. Right there in your place of work. Right there in the city that you're in. Watch and see how God is going to use you to, to, to express his kingdom. You see, the kingdom should be so blessed in such a way that people should come to you and I say, I want to know what's happening in your life and how it's happening. And I want to know this God because this I've experienced God, but he's unknown to me. He's unknown to me. People should want to know God because of what's happening in the church's life. But right now, it ain't like that. But God is, they're waiting for a move of God and they're waiting for you and me sons and daughters, young men, old men, young women, old women, they're waiting on you and me. They're waiting for the move of God. They're waiting on you and me. Father, right here, right now, all over this place, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for speaking your grace and your word and your, your, your love, Father God, intimately, personally to our lives and to our hearts of every soul in this place. May it be sealed by the spirit of grace and truth to our lives. Help us, Lord. Convict us, Heavenly Father. To strive for that shift, to strive for understanding. Even if we've got to like 
repeat something to ourselves throughout the weeks just to get our minds renewed so that we become convinced of your truth. Bless each and every soul in this place, Lord. Bless their households, bless their families, and we thank you for blessing them in the name of Jesus. We think we could believe they're blessed now. Help our hearts and our minds to be open to who we are in you. As Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians, he said, Give us more progressively so the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that we will come to know the hope of your calling, the power that you think towards us who believe, and to see and, and Lord, and, 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 and know the manifest glorious riches of those who are called saints in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for every soul in here that you will perfect Christ within them. Bring a degree of maturity within us, Heavenly Father, where we will think kingdom mindedness my God for when we were a child we spoke of a child we understood of a child heavenly father but now we are grown up we have become mature we're putting away this childish mentality father God and though we see dimly father God as we press into the kingdom we will see ever more so clearly in Jesus name we pray and thank you and all the saints in here said amen praise the Lord hallelujah Amen. Praise the Lord. It's going to be exciting next few years as we look at the kingdom of God. Amen. And challenge ourselves to be the very move of God that we've been waiting for. Oh, that was a good one just now. Praise the Lord. I want to invite um, uh, Sister Yvette today to come and take up our tithes and offerings and make an announcements. Give a warm welcome, please.